What makes Amazon so successful? There are a number of things, but key is their use of the amazing flywheel effect. Welcome to the Exponential Organization podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. The world is changing at an exceptional rate. Companies need to not only continually innovate, but also grow exponentially to keep up. This podcast will introduce you to the principles of exponential growth and how you can adopt them into your business. This show is sponsored by Deerstorm, a leading exponential growth consultancy. They can provide services ranging from an hour advisory call with a network of over 2,000 consultants worldwide through to the 10-week EXO Sprint. Visit www.ideastorm.ca.za to find out more. So the format for this podcast up to now has been to release an interview on Sundays and then the Exponential Technology Report on a Wednesday. I've had some exciting and interesting interviews already and have six interviews either recorded or in the process of being recorded. This means that for the next two months, you will have really fantastic interviews to look forward to listening to. This, though, doesn't give me, the podcast host, the opportunity to talk directly to you. This podcast will then be a special one, this particular podcast, and I've recorded it because I think the content is so important for how exponential organizations are run and operate. The topic for today is called the amazing flywheel effect. So what is the flywheel effect? Well, the concept of the flywheel effect was turned by Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. And what a flywheel is, is a massive metal disc or wheel that often weighs over 2000 kilograms. It takes a lot of effort to get started, but once it starts to turn, there are counterweights around the outside of the flywheel that start to take into effect. And it starts to build momentum almost by itself. And from that point, the same effort to push the flywheel will actually make the flywheel turn faster and faster and faster. So if you get the, the picture, you, you've got a flywheel, you've got various pressures, someone pushing it the whole time, push, push, push. And at the beginning, it just won't turn. It's like a 2000 you know, kilogram flywheel. But after a lot of pressure, it starts to turn slowly, 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 but you continue to put pressure on. And as you continue to put pressure on, it starts to turn faster and faster. And then the counterweights on the flywheel start to build momentum. And so as you continue to push, the flywheel momentum starts to have an effect. And then it starts to turn faster and faster and faster. And that's the real thing about exponential technologies. That's the thing about Moore's Law. Moore's law. And, and the way that Amazon actually starts to go faster, the business starts to generate, is because they continually to push in a certain direction. And it's a uniform push. But then the acceleration starts to build and build and build. And you know, soon you have a huge organization that's, uh, that's going almost by itself. So the secret of the flywheel is that the most successful companies in the, U the world use the flywheel concept, and one of them is Amazon. 
And the legend has it that Jeff Bezos um, wrote the flywheel structure on a napkin at one of these meetings. And don't you like it that all the greatest ideas in the world seem to have been written down on napkins or serviettes or something? Anyway, so what you've got in the middle is the, the flywheel, which is the growth. And then in the Amazon's case, their outside levers or momentum pushes that are doing it is selection. So when you go onto Amazon.com, you get a whole lot of different products that you can select from. And then when you buy a product, the second area is customer experience. So it's a really seamless, they work hard on getting that as efficient and as easy as possible to do. You do like a one-click, add to your basket, you've got your credit card details already stored, and it gets, you know, the transaction happens and it gets delivered to your address. Then the third thing is traffic. So traffic is the amount of people that are on the website, that are buying, etc. And then the fourth cog is sellers. Um, and that is people who put their products directly onto Amazon, etc. So now, this is how the flywheel works. You've got, when Amazon first started, they had, you know, a limited selection, let's say 20 products. And, and then they had to really push for people to start visiting Amazon and start to buy, let's say, those 20 products. And as they started to buy those 20 products, and they saw that the customer experience was really cool, it was nice, it was great, and, and they told their friends about it. And their friends started to come, so the traffic started to increase. And because the traffic started to increase, then other people came to Amazon and put their products and services. They started to put their books on Amazon. And so the selection then jumped from 20 to 40 products. And because now it's 40 products, uh, the customer experience, they can invest more you know, money into that. The customer experience has actually improved. The amount of traffic has increased. The amount of sellers has increased. Products jump from 40 to 80 to 160 to 320 to 640. And you know, you know, you've got millions and millions of products, millions of customers going onto Amazon. The traffic is increasing. They're going to more areas and locations and you know, areas of the world. But even if that was the case, Amazon doesn't even actually stop there. What they do as well, which is amazing, is they add another element to this flywheel, is that they say, as the products increase, as the customer experience increases, as the traffic increases, as the people come to Amazon, they are in a position to lower prices. And they lower their prices to the lowest it can possibly be and that, again, is an accelerator because not only do you have a wide selection, but your products are actually cheaper than anywhere else. You have unbelievably great customer experience at a cheap price. And those two things accelerates the traffic, accelerates the sellers. The only slight problem with this flywheel is the sellers. And, you know, there's stories about people who try to sell their products on Amazon and then actually have to sell it almost at cost or below cost to be competitive with everybody else. And Amazon will put pressure on their sellers to give them the lowest possible cost so that they can get a little bit of markup and sell. But Amazon you know, doesn't mind that. There's lots of sellers and sellers will almost take a hit in order to get their products on the Amazon platform to sell. And so I hope that's an illustration of how this flywheel effect works. Let's take through it again.
selection, wide selection of products. Customer experience makes it easy to buy those wide selection of products. The word of mouth, referral, the you know advocates, increased traffic, increased sellers, lowers the prices, increases the selection, and that's how it actually works. So it's an amazing thing. And, and now here's something else that Amazon does that really needs to have a look and, and consider is that they have a number of flywheels operating in their, their, their businesses operating at the same time. So Amazon.com is a flywheel. But you see, Amazon.com still runs at a loss or a very, very, very small margin of profit. What really is generating the profits is Amazon Web Services. And so Amazon Web Services has got its own flywheel that's happening with a much higher margin. And that margin can then feed into the Amazon.com flywheel to accelerate that. And you know the prices can be as low as possible because they're getting a huge investment from Amazon Web Services. And then Amazon Prime and Amazon Videos and you know, you know the, the buying of their, their stores, etc. And so you've got multiple flywheels operating in themselves uh, and feeding each other. Uh, and so that's how Amazon just grows and grows and grows and grows. So if you look at Amazon Web Services, they are the leading provider uh, of well, web services and cloud services in the world. And they have increased their overall growth from 35% in 2016 to 47% in 2019. And remember, this is off an increasing base. In 2018, the AWS revenue was 26.6 billion. And they're still growing, you know, 30 to 40 percent. What happens if this flywheel effect happens even faster, and AWS grows even faster in the future? What will their revenue be like in 2025? And that's quite a, you know, really scary thought. So let's look at the AWS model itself. So we've we've looked at Amazon.com. We know there's a flywheel in the flywheel. Um, let's have a look and have another look at a, at a flywheel that Amazon runs. So Amazon Web Services, the company operates in territories and countries across the world. And so you have multiple flywheels operating and going off in different ways. So, you know, AWS starts in America, that flywheel kicks in. AWS starts in different parts of the, the world. Their individual little flywheel starts because Although you've got a really nice flywheel going in America, you kind of have to start the flywheel again almost from scratch in, let's say, South Africa. And I was listening to Jeff Brown, who's the, the MD for AWS for Sub-Saharan Africa, and he was being interviewed on a podcast. And what Jeff said is that the growth of AWS in South Africa has followed a very similar trajectory to the AWS in other countries. And if we look at their particular flywheel. At the start, AWS starts in South Africa and is based on their performance elsewhere, attracts partners. So people start to skill up, get trained, and provide their services on the AWS platform, they advertise it, and they come to the market. This now starts to create skills. So you've got AWS certified people in South Africa, uh, and that starts to generate. And that attracts customers. So customers think, okay, this is not a big risk. That it's happening the rest of the world. 
And we've actually got local skills. So, you know, we can put, tap into that. We can start training our people. And so we'll adopt it. That creates demand. And what happens then in the demand is that more AWS partners become, you know, sign onto the program. And more AWS partners means more certified people. More certified people means more customers. More customers means increasing demand. Increasing demand means more AWS partners. And we can go. And you can see that this is acceleration. And the acceleration all is in one direction. There's a consistent push. They're always attracting more partners. They're always attracting, getting more people certified, both from customers and AWS. They're always increasing their sales team so that they can attract more customers. And those customers are always attracting more demand. So you can see how that works um, and, and how it works. So now let's get on to the interesting part. How does a flywheel start in your business? And, and you can look at it in your, your business or your division or anywhere you know, that operates. And that's the million or billion dollar question when it comes to Amazon. How to get the flywheel to start in the first place. And according to Jim Collins, there are three areas to focus on consistently to get your flywheel to start. And the first thing is disciplined people. And so once again, it's all about the people. It's about the leaders and the people. And most importantly is the leaders again. So if you're a leader and you're listening to this podcast, which thank you, welcome, then you need to have a level five leader in place. Have the right leader in place. And we can maybe leave the level five. I'm not an HR person or an HCM person or a people person or a human capacity person, but a level five person is someone who's humble, someone who very often amazingly is an introvert, but so not someone who shouts from the rooftops, but is incredibly determined. Like you, you look at Satya from Microsoft. When I see him, I don't believe that that man is an extrovert. He's not a Steve Barmer. He doesn't jump onto the table and scream and shout and get all red in the face. But what he has is an unbelievable determination to make his company work and work in, more efficiently. And that's what you need. And when, when I look at, you know, Satya, I, I just look for his surname, so forgive me if I'm being disrespectful, but let's say Satya, he, he is, seems very humble. And Microsoft have opened themselves up. They seem to be a team player. They're, you know, they're available and they're pushing ahead with a single-minded determination of success then you need to get the right people working for your company. Uh, and Jim Collins is really, you know, he says, get the right people on the bus and get the right, wrong people off the bus. And so there needs to be an evaluation and say, okay, who do we need on? We need like positive people. We need you know, people without an ego. We need people who drive. We need people who love people. Uh, you know, and, and then get the right supply chain management person on and the, you know, the right marketing person on and the right sales person on. And all of that, but get the person who understands exponential growth. Get the person who understands the flywheel onto the bus. The second area is disciplined thought. And disciplined thought is confronting the brutal facts about a situation and rectifying it. And what a lot of businesses do is, and I, you know, I've seen it countless times, is that we're not prepared to face the realities of the situation. 
And the fact is that the future actually offers a really promising future. That everything I believe is rosy for the future, but it means adopting the right principles in place and facing the reality of the situation right now. You know, is your company in the doldrums or is it on a continual upward swing? What's working? What isn't working? What needs to be corrected? How do you do it? And that really takes that kind of level five leadership to be able to look at those brutal facts, communicate it to your company in the best possible way, and then to go from there. The other area is implementing the hedgehog concept. And once again, the hedgehog concept is a big one. It's Jim Collins's um, thought process again. So they're good to great. But essentially, in a nutshell, what that means is deciding what your company does and what is, is the best in the world and then sticking with it. And I, you know, I'm part of OpenXO, I'm part of uh, you know, Exponential Organizations, which is the title of this podcast. And what is key into growing your company exponentially is to have a purpose. And that's called a massive transformative purpose or an MTP. And that's very similar to, you know, Jim Collins's hedgehog effect. That purpose is your hedgehog. What do you really believe in? What do you want to do? How do you push? And then once you know, sticking with it with all your, with all your heart and going for it in an absolute determined way that you can. The third area is disciplined action. And that is the culture of discipline. The fanatical adherence to the hedgehog concept and refusal to do anything that is not in line with this or the purpose of the, or purpose. Other opportunities will come, they will present itself, but does it align with your purpose? Does it align with your hedgehog concept? If it does, fantastic. If it doesn't, then you know eradicate it or give it to somebody else or don't do it, please. You know, so I use the example of a low-cost airline. If your purpose is to get as many people from one destination to the next so they can see the world and broaden their horizons and do it at the lowest cost possible, you know, doing in-flight entertainment might be an absolutely wonderful idea, but it, will, that, will that progress the purpose of the company? No. So then you've got to you know, eradicate that idea. You've got to say, okay, that's not going to happen. It doesn't align with our purpose. We need to be absolutely single-minded about the purpose. And then around the disciplined action is technology accelerators. And that's where the, the attributes of exponential growth really, really help. And the technology accelerators is the exponential technology that we're always talking about. That's the exponential technology report that I do on a Wednesday. And taking those exponential technologies and harnessing them in such a way. And for me, it's scale and ideas and once again, I don't have time. You don't have time, possibly. Maybe you do. <laughs> but if you do, if you really want to know, and I really recommend, then go and listen to episode two uh, of this podcast series, which is once again me chatting away, and it's about what makes a company an exponential company. And I look at the eleven attributes, including the massive transformative purpose, that makes an exponential organization an exponential organization. So do that. Now, what's equally important is what stops the flywheel because you can start your flywheel process 
And you need to, once again, just remember that you need to put a huge amount of effort initially to get this 2,000 kilogram wheel turning. Once it's turning, everyone's smiling. If it's not turning, everyone's not smiling. And just like the exponential technology, you know, when you use Morse's law of doubling, and I, I used my daughter as an example, and let me just tell you this example quickly. She comes to me and she says, look, dad, I want one cent per day, but I want you to double it every day. For the first five or 10 days, she's not very happy. She can hardly buy anything from the tuck shop at school. On the 11th day, she's getting thousands of rand from me or dollars, if you're listening to this in America or euros or whatever. By the end of one month, I basically am penniless and she's a multi-multi-millionaire. And so that's the same way with the flywheel. For the first 5, 10, 15, whatever iterations and pushes and periods of time, there's going to be the trough of disillusionment. And then once you get over that, the flywheel starts spinning, then you can really harness it. But you can, it's very sensitive. It's extremely sensitive. So you need to like monitor what's happening with the flywheel. You need to put your pressure at the right places, put those areas in place. And I can help you determine a flywheel. You, it's, you can read the book, Good to Great, or you know, the flywheel concept, which Jim Collins brought out. It's a really good little book. Um, but it's very sensitive as well, and you can stop it. So... What, how do you stop a flywheel? Don't do it, but how do you stop it? Well, the second biggest way to stop it is to change direction. And a flywheel can sh shift direction slightly, so you can change your strategy slightly according to your purpose. But to go in a completely new direction, the momentum of the flywheel needs to either slow it right down or stop entirely. And so you must have heard of companies who are currently, or currently working for a company, they change their strategy regularly and have different focus every year. Do an annual restructuring, chop and change their sales teams and people. And Jim Collins has a word for this as well. He says it's the doom loop. So the other area is uh, the vicious cycle or the, I forget what it's called, but the virtuous cycle. So you've got the virtuous cycle, which is essentially the flywheel effect, or you have a vicious cycle, which is the doom loop. And this is how it works. It goes in the opposite direction now. Company has disappointing results. But they react. They don't really understand why now sales are dropping off. Oh, no, we need to do something about it. We need to fire our sales team. We need to fire our sales director. We need to have a new sales director because I am sure that if we hire the sales director from another company, we pay that person double the salary. I'm sure that person can work their magic and things are going to magically happen and things are going to have, you know, take place. Or you then say, oh, my goodness, it's the product. It's the service. Let's uh, change our products and service. And now we'll go into a slightly different product and service. And I'm sure now we're going to see them, you know, the sales start rolling in. And the thing is that the momentum is lost. You change direction. Uh, you know, you fire the salesperson because they didn't make their number that year. The new salesperson comes on. They, they take six months, 12 months to get on board, learn the products. And then, you know, after six months, they go back to the customers that your old salesperson had. Uh, he has to start forming their relationships again, uh, uncover the opportunities that were lost during that six months of inactivity. 
build them, you know, start to build the momentum again. And as you maybe slightly results, or possibly what's going to happen, of course, is that there won't be any results. That magical leader that you've got hasn't been able to work because the momentum isn't there. And so you fire him, you get a new one, you fire him, you get a new one. And the disappointing results start to, to increase, unfortunately. And you might be just plateauing for a while. And then in business, what I've read and what I've seen is that things can operate smoothly for a long time. And then they can accelerate or dun, 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 they can decelerate. And that deceleration will take place in a frightening way. And because of the exponential technologies, because of the competitors that are rising up, that deceleration is going to take place so much faster than we ever thought possible again. Uh, and it's so vitally important that a proper level five leader, when he sees the disappointing results, he, you know, he assesses the situation. He says, oh my goodness. He goes back to his sales teams look, says, look, I'm not going to fire you, but let's get in line. Let's get into a room. What is our purpose? What are we doing? How are we doing it? How can we put more effort into it? And he, he galvanizes people with this new revised purpose. He puts the, you know, a new process in place that will magnify that purpose and invigorate everybody. He starts to seeing results. He channels those results. He builds the momentum. He puts the effort in the right places and he gets the momentum going. And for the first six months to a year to 18 months to 24 months, it's a very uncomfortable environment. And that environment is, oh no, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Uh, and that leader just needs to have that steel determination to pull through and to get into the promised land. And if they do get into the promised land, you, you know, you remember Amazon, they went through years of really, really disappointing results. Everyone wondered if Amazon was going to make it. Is it not going to make it? No one's wondering that now, that's for sure. People are wondering the other, uh, the other way. I, people are wondering whether Amazon's going to take over the world or not. Um, and so we'll see what happens. So what can you do as a person? And fortunately, if you search the web, you can find a great deal of resources that will help you to assess your company and to build the mechanisms of the flywheel effect. I mean, I can do that. There's dozens and dozens of things. Um, one that I found that can be helpful to you is on the Jim Collins website itself. So look for jimcollins.com. Go to tools and go to diagnostic tools. So it's called the Good to Great Diagnostic Toolkit. And this toolkit has worksheets that'll help you to identify your strengths and weaknesses, and hopefully identify what needs to be done to get the flywheel turning. So the most important thing though, is to identify what your counterweights are. And that I've seen is four or more, maybe not more than four, but you need to get into a room. First of all, your purpose. So your massive transformative purpose, Please, let's do that. So identify your strengths and weaknesses and get it going with your MTP. Where, what, do you, what do you want to be the best in the world at? And then you identify four areas that will flow into one another. And so identify four things. But now here's the key, and people don't understand this, is that these four things need to automatically flow into one another. They can't be in isolation. So let's look at Amazon. You've got a selection of products. Selection of products brings people, uh, you know, it makes it easy as possible. 
then that brings people. The people buy, which increases the amount of sellers. The sellers automatically increase the amount of products. The amount of products, you, know, you can feed it into the, the sales process. The amount of sales process increases the amount of people, the selection, the products, the bottom. And you know, Amazon Web Services is the same. You've got the more, more partners, means more skills, need, feeds into more customers, which feeds in into a demand which feeds into more partners which feeds into so you've got to identify your four or maybe five things that are pushing one to the next and, and just try and do that uh, it'll really help you if you can identify and ask me ask somebody to help you come in and identify those four or five key areas and how you can then consistently push effort in so you, let's say you're a computer company then the key areas probably is your sales team. Once you've sold something, then you need to implement it. Once you implement it, then your customer needs to be successful. Once your customers are successful, it'll drive you know, positive customer references, which will drive more sales, which will lead to you know, better implementations, which will lead to more customer success, which will drive more sales. And you, know, you can just see that acceleration working in the world today. Where you know with the leading software providers out there, that's the flywheel effect. And if you can feed into the flywheel effect, almost your sales take care of itself. And you got really happy salespeople who are just making you know oodles of money. They're happy because their customers are happy. The implementation implementation partners or the company that does the implementations are happy. You just everyone's happy. It's when things start going off the rails, and your you know, your salespeople find it really difficult to sell, and so then you you know there's not that much to implement, and your implementation partners aren't doing a great job anyway, and so your customers aren't getting good implementations, and so you know they're not really happy, which doesn't lead to referrals, and then your salespeople have to fight continuously to get more sales into the funnel, when they're lucky enough to make a sale, it doesn't get implemented properly, and so that's. You know, the virtuous cycle against the vicious cycle, and you want to be on the virtuous cycle, don't you? So that's what I wanted to tell you. Um, so what do you think? What do you think of the flywheel effect concept? Um, can you see it working within your company? Uh, can it be used within your company? If you look at your company from an external perspective, just take a step back. Are you in a virtuous cycle? Are you in a flywheel a cycle? Or are you caught in a doom loop? Are you in a loop that's going down? And you need to be brutally honest about this. This is what it's all about. So it's for your benefit if you're honest. And if you are just someone who's operating in a company and you hear this, then make a noise about it until, you know, if they don't, if you make a noise and, and people listen, you can save your company. If you make a noise and someone doesn't listen to you, you, know, you can leave and go and work somewhere else. But Really, if you're the leader of that organization, you, 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 know, you owe it to not beat up, to not lead in the old command and control manner, but actually start implementing this flower wheel using exponential technologies, using more marketing tools, more technologies uh, to do it. The scary thing for any company is that the flower wheel effect is real and is being used by the leading companies of the world to accelerate their growth. And it seems to me that for a company today to compete, they need to be using this concept. They need to be growing exponentially. They need to be putting this in place. 
and they need to be doing it. You need to be doing it. Perhaps just to keep up. If not to dominate the market, just to keep up with the market. And, you know, I know you can do it. You are fully in control. You absolutely can do it. So I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed and found this podcast valuable. Uh, if you'd like to chat to me about any of these concepts, then please do so. You, know, you can go to my website on www.ideastorm.co.za or email me directly at lancepeplo.gmail.com. So go for it. You know, it's not doom and gloom. Get out of that dooms loop. Get out of that vicious cycle. Get onto the flywheel effect. I know you can do it. And until next we talk, have an absolutely wonderful time. Goodbye.